Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The news is all Red Bull this, Red Bull that. But what about Williams? They've been awfully quiet, haven't they? Well, it's because that lovable man James Vowles is up to something. You know the drill. The F1 teams reveal their cars, and the tradition is to run it around Silverstone if you're based in the area of general vicinity. And more often than not in recent years, it's probably raining. And no, this isn't my British bias talking, it's just British reality. It rains a lot. But Williams are not doing that. They are the only team to have eschewed completely a shakedown of any kind before going to Bahrain, and have only just turned a wheel of their brand new car. It's all part of the secrecy that the team has been displaying throughout this entire launch campaign of 2024. When Williams had their launch event, they were very clear to say that this was the 2024 livery reveal on the 2023 car, and we expected more of the teams to do the same. However, the other teams didn't do that. Instead, what we got were the 2024 cars, but with strategic lighting in play, only certain photographs being revealed to the media, very closed off media junkets with limited photography opportunities. I saw loads of social media posts with loads of those little stickers over phone cameras. So that means you could not take photos. Williams stood out as the only team to not show their 2024 vehicle at all. They were not giving anything away, and they've only just released one shaky handy cam video of its car leaving the Bahrain pit lane to go and do a filming day event. And even then, it wasn't the best quality, and we barely saw any information unless you just stopped every single frame trying to look at it and pass the information that you can have with your uh, special eyes. Yeah, okay, sorry, I won't do that again. And Williams did not take the car to Silverstone, where they had done over the last few years. But there was a reason for that. And when you find out that reason, it's incredibly genius. According to Valls, he didn't see the point this time around to take the car to Silverstone for its customary rites of passage, considering how damp it was when we saw the W15 and RB20 circulating around there. This man's got a point. This makes a lot of sense. 
And he goes into detail further in this quote right here. Ahem, Silverstone, I have several feelings towards it. I've done it for a number of years, and sometimes you get some really good things out of it. Sometimes you're running around on extreme wet tyres in blustery conditions, with your pit equipment falling over and you don't learn a single thing. And that balance means I'd rather much do virtual track testing and then bring the car to Bahrain where we can do that properly. And then, furthermore, save that filming day for later in the year where we either need footage or we need some other questions to be answered. <gasps> oh, you genius, man. This makes so much sense. I love you, James! This then goes back to me remembering a tweet that Aldous made jokingly regarding using stock footage from F1 teams in the wet for a second year in a row. And this ties right back into these comments from James. And this all comes back to the gracious little gift that F1 has provided the teams. Sure, they have reduced the overall testing time at the three-day test event by half an hour every single day, so the teams have even less time to try out their cars. But in exchange for that, they have now got an increased allocation of filming day kilometers from 100 kilometers to 200. That's effectively going from roughly the length of a sprint race to somewhere in the middle of a sprint race and a full race distance around about maybe uh, 45 laps or something like that. Mercedes and even Red Bull pressed on with doing their shakedowns and some of their filming kilometers in the wet weather. Whilst James instead planned to save some of that for later in the year, as the car progresses in development, and also make good use of the more stable weather conditions of Bahrain. Although admittedly, it did rain heavily not too long ago for an F2 test, but usually in the desert, it tends to be dry. And it's a really good place to do the testing because you can get a really good baseline in understanding the car, especially when it's the first time driving that car in any meaningful realistic manner. What Bowles was getting at is that you could be circulating around that track all day. It's completely drenched. You're using extreme wet weather tyres. You don't learn anything meaningful unless you're going to get an absolute monsoon that we got in Japan in 2022. So the first couple of races, you just want things to not be complicated. All of the teams will want to better understand their brand new cars before they start bolting on new upgrades. Which is exactly, according to reports, what Red Bull might be doing by showing off their fully realized zero pod concept that they sort of looked at from Mercedes. And you can look at my video from yesterday as to why I think Red Bull might have won the title already with their little mind games. Not to mention the sacked Mike Elliott is probably feeling quite smug right now. But seriously, this resourcefulness from Williams is incredibly refreshing and is yet another example of the team taking things incredibly seriously and making good use of this change in the rules, which slipped most people by. More often than not, since it's referred to as a filming day, where the usual rule of thumb is that you are mainly just filming the car going around the track in the case of providing footage for sponsors. So that means they can go, hey, look at us. We're on a Formula One car. But regardless, every single kilometre of running is gold dust for data gatherers, albeit it's slightly more limited than a full-on test in what you can look at. Sometimes even just looking at the car on the track with your eyes, your special eyes, is valuable information. No matter how limited the data that you can actually pass from it in those filming days, it's something. Williams is reinventing itself and it needs to use every single resource it has to the fullest and not waste any time. And with Valls' comments about the unpredictability of the weather at Silverstone, 
I would not be surprised that we see fewer and fewer teams over the next couple of years going to Silverstone if the weather's going to be looking a little bit sketchy. Anyway, the car itself was revealed in a very curated exit from the garage where the footage was shaky, and by the time the camera stabilizes, you just see the car's bum and not much of the side profile that is of interest at this time. But thanks to the likes of William's support on Twitter, some stills were shown of the car and it reveals that the team have stuck with the traditional pushrod suspension at the front and a very long and skinny underbelly for the side pod inlet as well as a relatively wide nose akin to the Red Bull. But it doesn't extend all the way to the edge of the front wing like that does and it still allows for some air to circulate underneath the nose. As for the cannons themselves, it's very hard to get a really good read on it because it was just a blink and a swerve of the camera and then we barely saw like the number two. But in its location of that number, it is high up. But in terms of the actual configuration, whether it's a sloping one from Sadie's or a very abrupt one like Red Bull, hard to say right now. They're keeping that bit under wraps. So there's nothing immediately leaping out at me saying that the FW46 is an absolute magic bullet of a machine and that it's going to be going for wins and then Alex Albon will win the 2024 World Championship. I don't think that's what Williams are going for. What Williams are going for is being able to even produce a competitive car as they are busy refreshing their technology, which is so infamously old that it was probably making bits and pieces for cars that Ralph Schumacher and Juan Pablo Montoya were driving, back when Oscar Piastri was probably barely out of nappies. The fact that they can make a car which looks more in step with the competition is a huge achievement in the 12 months James Valls has been in charge. And this forum post from F1Technical.net via Automotor und Sport really hammered home that Williams is a team that not only could seriously maintain 7th in the constructors this year, but could also edge ever closer to Alpine and give them a bit of a sweat on. And also explains why Williams has been really secretive in not showing their 2024 car at all and only just showing a very shaky bit of footage before we then go testing tomorrow. This is a really, really secretive team. Sure, other teams have been hiding bits and pieces of their 2024 car away from view, but Williams have hidden the entire car up until now. And even then, we haven't really got any good concrete photos as of yet and of this recording. Because according to the team principal, the FW46 began being worked on back in March of last year when the 2023 season had barely started and developmental work on the FW45 ceased effectively after Silverstone, their home race. Not to mention money was being saved and parts not being made for Logan Sargent because, admittedly, he was crashing a lot. But to be fair, Alex Albon was also doing his fair share of crashing back at the start of the season, most notably at Austria and at Monaco. So that car was infamously unpredictable around the twisty turny bits because for the last decade or so Williams has been a team which has relied on straight line speed it is infamous for it and for the longest time at the beginning of the turbo hybrid era that was okay the Mercedes engine was just so good you could just be just blapping it down the straight and then sure the corners may not be the best but that didn't matter. Aerodynamics was a very distant second. You needed that grunt. And whatever brand new parts they did have were being prioritized for Alex because he was the lead driver and the lead driver does get the best parts. And Valls even admits that them doing this and then still keeping seventh place in the constructors anyway was incredibly fortuitous. And also it was a little bit of shade towards the other competition about how they faded even faster than Williams did. That's a little bit of a spicy comment, James. But it wasn't inaccurate. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Then the comments were discussing that the team was getting used to the brand new equipment that they had acquired in building their cars in Grove that they hadn't done before. Probably getting used to the workflow, trying to establish some kind of efficiency gains, and just making sure that they can actually produce good stuff instead of having imperfections just getting that ironed out before then you can then produce a compelling part for that car that's why we've barely seen anything that's why they haven't done a shakedown until now they have been using every single second to try and learn the tools that they've now got and they have been clamoring for for years and produce something that could be quite competent and it's likely not to fall apart as soon as you get it out of the garage and most importantly, and the thing that assures me the most, is that the concept that they've been clinging onto for a decade now, they are no longer doing that. Williams's priority now is to shift the focus of the car to being a good all-rounder that is predictable to understand and is a lot more forgiving than it has been over the last few years. It was really hard to find downforce. They admitted that wind direction could be really crucial in how the car performs, whether it was good or not, or whether it might just spin off the track completely. That old model has been thrown in the bin, and Albon noticed this immediately in the simulator and believed it would benefit his sophomore teammate especially a great deal. It'll be easier to read instead of it suddenly doing something unexpected and thusly reducing confidence. This next bit, oh, I adore this part, and I adore this man. The best team principal in years. He gave his technical department a simple ultimatum. Either they can just keep on doing what they've been doing for the last decade and achieve absolutely nothing or not much better, or they can take as many risks as they need to. And if it doesn't work out and they do fall apart or it doesn't work as intended, then he personally, James Vowles, will take the blame. It'll be on his shoulders that everything that he did and told them to do was on him. He wouldn't shift the blame anywhere else. He would be the one responsible. Reminding me an awful lot of the days of Ross Braun being accountable. Oh, this man, he is so good. Sorry, I don't mean to be completely gushing over James, but come on. This is the guy that Williams needed for the longest time. Williams had no direction. Even Jos Capito was barely able to scratch the surface of what Williams needed. He did his best, but the team was just buried in tradition, using outdated technology, outdated equipment. They were determined to make everything themselves and not outsourcing things. They are changing now for the better. They have adapted successfully. And now they've made the likes of Haas out to be complete and utter chumps. But the fact that the technical department can now do what they need to do to get further up the grid and the boss is fully backing them, that's incredibly mature and incredibly reassuring. 
They are taking risks everywhere, including seemingly the rear end of the car, which we didn't get a good look at with that video we saw on social media by the time the camera whipped around. The rear gubbins were obscured by the rear tyre, and the natural light hid the diffuser somewhat. Williams gets quite a lot of its rear end components from Mercedes, so I doubt that James Valves would want to expose any Mercedes parts before Mercedes are ready to do that themselves. Sure, James Valves isn't beholden to Toto Wolff, he's made that absolutely clear over the last year, but I'm pretty sure he wouldn't want to make some idiotic gaffes or anything. But what we are seeing right here is that Williams are no longer the speed freaks of Formula 1, just chasing top-end speed and then downforce as a distant second. They are no longer doing that because they can't do that anymore. This era of Formula 1 is all about downforce, ground effect. That's the priority. You can't just use speed to get around the track the fastest. You need to be good around the corners, especially with these types of cars, which are really ungainly in the slow speed stuff. They need to fix that. That is a very important priority. So what Williams are doing right now is establishing a solid all-rounder car, which they can then refine going forward. This will be absolute beautiful music for the ears of Logan Sargent as well, considering the really, really, really rough first season he had, in which one rookie got ejected by Helmut Magpie, one rookie was so good that people forgot he even was a rookie, and then that left Logan Sargent in the firing line, the only surviving proper rookie left on the F1 grid. And people absolutely tore him apart, even though, from a personality level, he did nothing wrong to rub people up the wrong way. This is no Scott Speed here. He did not make people hate him. He was just doing his job. James Valls is determined to prove that the Williams Academy is legitimate. Put simply, James has told Logan to surprise the world. Oh, that's a good quote. But essentially, everything about Logan's training regime, the way he carries himself, has been completely changed for 2024. As far as James is concerned, Logan can completely write off 2023. Don't worry about that so much. You just gotta start all over again. Treat the first few races cautiously like you did in your rookie year and go again. This is a car that is going to be a lot more versatile, a lot better to understand, and admittedly, far less likely to send him back to the school of hard knocks. Because learning in a Williams for a rookie is really, really difficult. Even Alex Albon was finding it a bit tricky, and he's been around Formula 1 for several years at this point. But this fills me with so much happiness that Williams aren't listening to the noise from the outside world that are calling Logan a terrible driver to replace him at the first time of asking with any other driver. No, they're not going to do that. Valls is very data-driven. He was a strategist at Mercedes. He knows what he's doing. And right now, he is honouring the deal that Williams Academy gave Logan. A proper chance at Formula One. The attitude that Williams has. It's far more positive. The engineers are happier. The car seems to be much more agreeable to work with. In the simulator especially. It's all down to the fact that they have a realistic, honest, frank and sincere team principle that is willing to look at the Silverstone shakedown, realise that it could be quite soggy and that you can't always get everything that you want from it and just rejecting it and doing their own thing. Just taking their time, not bowing to any sort of external pressure and just take your time to learn all of the stuff that you've been clamoring for properly instead of doing a rush job. Williams's brand new car seems to be quite a breath of fresh air, but people are still overlooking them anyway because for many years, Williams were a backmarker team. They're no Red Bull, they're no Mercedes, they're not even an Aston Martin on the up and up. Remember, Adrian Newey has been looking at the Williams car as well, so up and down the grid, that clipboard is having notes being taken on it. Whilst all the other teams were showing their car to some degree, Williams did not show their car. They hid their entire car up until now. 
there has to be a reason for it. And also, Valls has said that if the team looks like it's copied something, it's because their own aerodynamicists have done the research on their own and have deduced that that is the way to go. Because for the longest time at Williams, all they did was just look at the teams, look at what worked well, copy it, and then try and figure it out. What I'm trying to say here, my friend, is that you should not sleep on Williams this year. Quite frankly, I think Alpine should be a little bit nervous at this point because... Based on pure consistency and optimism, Williams look like a far better shot for sixth place in the constructors if they play their cards right and their car turns out to be a solid all-rounder. Sure, it may not be the fastest in most respects, it might be giving up their crown of being the slipperiest car on the grid, but they can't do that anymore. They've had to change, they've had to take risks, and they seem to be taking the most risks out of any single team up and down the grid because they haven't shown the car. Now, whether or not this translates to actual speed, if they have blown it, if they have done a step backwards, then Bowser has said, it's okay. I take responsibility. But at least they did something, which is what Williams needed to do. And that makes me proud of James Fowles. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. Really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye. <laughs>